You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I'm going to spend some time praying tonight. I just want to share quickly from Scripture and and hopefully we'll be able to spend time praying. Okay. Um, I think last week we started looking at some of the habits that, well, I said success habits, just things which as we become conscious of what is God's definition of success for our lives, the kind of things that we, we then do in that space, all right? Um, and as we pray today, I, I would ask you to, to trust God. The Bible says the confidence that we have is that when we pray according to his will, that he hears us. Um, this whole conversation so it's been two Sundays and two Wednesdays today I think in the last uh, part of the conversations on Sunday um, I think kind of has been started by God just you know uh, revisiting in my heart you know as we prayed what our definition of success is right Um, and that if you take the wrong definition of success what you find is that you are not fulfilled um, and it, it's challenging if you are in that place where you're constantly feeling unhappy alright um, and we're just encouraging us to take God's definition of success to take a reading from what God is doing Okay, and just to reiterate again that there are people within our church people in our church family, people who are listening, who God is already so proud of, who God is already cheering about the things that they are doing. And if we do not hear God, what happens is that we keep trying to please men. When God speaks about Job and says, have you seen my servant Job? There is no one else like him. You know, when he goes into that whole conversation about Job, you would realize that he does not speak about what Job has as a person. He's not necessarily talking about Job's possessions. Right. And Job was a wealthy fellow. Um, He's talking about who Job is. And, And I think when you think about your life, when we think about ourselves as people, um, we must think about ourselves as God does. Help me tell the person not beside you. Tell them you're all right. You're all right. You're all right. You're still work in progress, but you're all right, okay? Uh, last week, we spoke about taking instructions from God. We spoke about planning by the Holy Spirit. We spoke about understanding and appreciating the uniqueness of your calling. Um, tonight, I want to speak about maximizing opportunities, okay? Maximizing opportunities, and then we'll pray. Um, one thing that is clear to me, or may become clear to me over the last couple of months, um, is that we must be deliberate. We must be intentional about our attitude. Um, but let me start with this one, murmuring and complaining. Um, I say that um, murmuring and complaining are, if you like, what you call core subjects. If it was a curriculum for slavery, murmuring and complaining will be a core subject. The people of Israel, when you look at their work as they go out to inherit God's promises concerning them, are constantly getting into that place where what they're doing is murmuring and complaining. Right? When you read Numbers chapter 14 and verse 2, The Bible says that all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that or would or would God we had died in this wilderness? One thing that is amazing about our read of the people of Israel is that you really never see them proffering solutions. You don't see them suggesting, hey, well, this sounds like a problem. This is how we should go. 
they, 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 they seem to constantly regress to that place where they are detached in their minds from help. You know, if you read Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 to 3, Exodus 16, 2 to 3, the Bible says, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Woe to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for we have brought us, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And it's amazing in life how sometimes people are very quick to look at where they used to be. I mean, we, we take for example um, the things that we complain and murmur about, I'm going somewhere tonight, just follow me, and murmur about very vigorously in our country. So it's been raining this last couple of days, and we're just complaining, oh, Lagos, oh, there's water everywhere, there's water, there's flooding. And I say to myself that it will not take us, if we mean to solve the problem, it cannot take us three years. That, and that's the truth. I mean, if we just, if we said, you know, put all our collective intelligence to work in a structured manner, it cannot take us three years to sort out issues around flooding. Because solutions exist. We're not the first city trying to sort it out. Um, where's Pierre? Where are you going with all of this? Because when people get into that habit of murmuring and complaining, one of the things that happens is that they miss opportunities that God brings their way. In fact, when you read Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14, uh, Paul says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them stop murmuring, stop murmuring, stop murmuring. And you know what it means to murmur? Yeah? Do you know what it means to murmur? Some of us murmur online. Right. Yeah. But it is it is it is so when we talk about murmur, it's not exactly a you don't exactly say thing, but it's the it's it's that sense of uneasiness. It's from within your heart, and you know you are sighing, you are crying, you are you know, and then you start to say things. Even and, and I need to start from here today as I as I go into this whole conversation. Even in the midst of war, people prosper. You know that. Even in wartime, people prosper. There are certain people who make a business, right, out of wartime. And I don't know who it is that needs to understand. So we complain for, and I complain also, about the fact that, oh my goodness, there are potholes in our city. And, I, and I'm coming where you are, but... You know, I think as I was preparing for this, I just realized that perhaps that means that there are huge opportunities for companies that can fix these things in a way that is cost effective, in a way that is stronger than corruption. <laughs> that darkness is an opportunity for light. That the fact that poverty uh, and a lot of poverty in our country today is an opportunity for the creation of of value. When people murmur, what we do is to reinforce a sense of helplessness. But the Bible says concerning wisdom, you read, I think it's Proverbs chapter 8, it says, look, it says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out the knowledge of witty inventions. That there is a place where people, instead of looking at a situation and all they see is that which causes them to regret, to be afraid, to worry. That they actually see God walking in and through those things. So I think we're praying, it was on Monday or Tuesday, and um, we're saying how 12 leaders, 12 spies, go into the same city 
10 of them come back and say, this land devours its inhabitants. Two of them say, look, we're able to go up and take the mountain or take the land. And for me, you know, people who consider success, who God has said, look, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your souls prosper. We must, our first thought when we consider things that need to be done is that God can do this. Is that surely there is a way with God. And this is not just um, motivational speak. It is that there must be something in our hearts that says there is a possibility as long as God is involved. And it's interesting because almost on the other side of the spectrum from murmuring and complaining is gratitude. It's gratitude. I don't know the last time that you were grateful to God sincerely about your life, about our country, about where you work at the moment, about your spouse, about your boyfriend, or about your girlfriend. Or about the one you don't have. Help me talk to the person next to you. Tell them, tell them you have to stop murmuring. You have to stop murmuring. I didn't want to tell you since, but you've been disturbing my ear. You have to stop murmuring. <laughs> you have to stop murmuring. So, so, and I needed to start from there because there is a way that we can be positioned that we cannot see opportunities. All right. So, it's in Ephesians chapter five, I think. In um, Ephesians chapter five. And Paul is writing to the church and he says, look, that is in verse 16. When you read the NIV, he says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Okay, the NIV says in verse 16, making the most of every opportunity. It says, because the days are evil. Some translations will say redeeming the time. Okay, and, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. So, when I was, I think, a bit younger, one day I read Ephesians chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. It says, the race is not to the swift, you know, and on and on and on. It says, but time and chance happens to them all. And so that day, I think from that period, I would say to myself, when I would pray, I would say to God, I would say, let there be openings in time and in space. Because that is how I came to understand what opportunities are. That there are purposes that need to happen. And that there will be openings in time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, for everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. And so there will be a time when something can be done. And there will be a set of circumstances that will allow for something to be done. So an opportunity is when an opening comes. An opportunity is when the time is right, the circumstance is right. So Paul says, make the most of your opportunities, of every opportunity. Okay? Because some opportunities will only come once in a lifetime. And that's the truth. Now, I, I, when I was, again, growing up, you would hear this thing where they say opportunities come but once. You ever heard that? Once, just once. You miss it, it's the end. It's done. <laughs> um, and I just want to say that that is partly true. There are some opportunities that will only come once. So if, if, sake of argument is the easiest example to use. Fallaby came to you today, right? It's an, it's, it's an example. Are you okay with this example? You're okay. Yeah, it's fine. But I'm saying it's an example. Right. You're very eager. But it's fine. <laughs> so if Falabi came to you today, Falabi, you're just looking at your phone. Like, what are you texting? <laughs> All right. Falabi came to you today and said, look, hey, um, I like your hair. It's very long. You know, and stuff and stuff and stuff. Would you please marry me? Opportunities and opening. You say, no, absolutely not. My husband cannot be a superstar like you. All of the girls are talking to you too. I cannot do this. And you look like you might be a pastor. I can never be a pastor's wife. Falabi walks away, heartbroken, continues leading worship. <laughs> and then goes and marries 
um, some other young lady. That opportunity, right? And then maybe then you then realize, oh my goodness, Falabi is really handsome. But that opportunity has gone. So you understand, that opportunity is not coming back. You can stand in front of Falabi's house. You can text him. You can like all his pictures on Instagram. You can do anything you want. Pray for his new wife. Or his wife, not even a new wife. They are fine. Falabi, right? <laughs> Help me in my example, Falabi. I'm trying to use you to. But there are some opportunities that will come more than once. There are some opportunities that will come more than once. And that is the truth. Some opportunities will come back. Because Falabi might go away and then think, my goodness, no! The, the servant of the prophet came seven times. He will come to you seven times. And then you say, no, 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 and all that stuff. Some opportunities will come back in a different form. But I want to help someone who might have missed a huge opportunity in life. Ecclesiastics 9, 11 says, time and chance happen to all of us. God has put our lives in such a way that there are cycles of opportunity constantly coming around and around. But our, my opportunities are not necessarily your opportunities. And that's because, like we said last week, our races are different. Some of us had the opportunity to be born in Lagos. Some of us in London. Some of us in Benin. <laughs> I know you all wish you were born in Benin, but hey. And then some of us, you know, born in the other place. <laughs> but that is, that is, some of you went to a fancy school. Some of your schools were not too fast. Some of us haven't gone to school yet. And the truth is, the opportunities that will come for us in the future are also very different. Absolutely different. There are openings in space. There are openings in time. But would we recognize our opportunity? Would we maximize our opportunity. So Israel has an opportunity to come into the promised land. But, and those two examples I gave when they were murmuring and complaining is one of many. It seems like there is something about slavery that programs a man to constantly complain and it, it blocks creativity. The Bible is speaking about Jesus in John chapter 1 and 11. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. I'm praying that we would, <laughs> that when our own opportunities come, we would receive them. I thought someone would say an amen. That we will not be too enthralled looking at somebody else's opportunities. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. And Jesus is actually the biggest opportunity you need in life. He, he himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Moses, one day, <laughs> and it's true, we are, there are cycles of opportunity. Moses is born, even before he knows what happened or is happening, he's the only one who survives. And then, you know, an opportunity comes. He has nothing to do with it. He's in Pharaoh's house. And then he blows it. In fact, an opportunity comes. He protects one person. When the next thing happens, he blows it. He kills someone. And Moses, when he's taken, he, flee, he, he fled. And when he's taking care of sheep on the backside of the desert, he must have said to himself, that is it. My life is finished. All those prophecies I heard about me being a deliverer, it's finished. I don't know who is here. But that is not how God works. You will have another opportunity. And yet another opportunity. And Moses sees a burning bush, steps aside to see what it is. And, and it's God. And, and, I, and I don't know who that person is. I just want to encourage you. There are opportunities that will come for you for the very things that God wants to do in your life. 
Paul says that you would make the most of your opportunities. Now Paul has this thing when he writes, he would talk about doors. He would talk about doors. He, he would say, um, one example, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, if you read verse 12, he would say, now when I arrived at Troas to preach the good news of the gospel, he says, even though a door of opportunity, I'm reading the Amplified, I think, even though the door of opportunity opened to me in the Lord, he says, yet there was an open door. He says, my spirit, uh, da, 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 yep. He says, yet my spirit could not rest, relax, uh, get relieved because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave from them and departed. But he says, look, a door of opportunity had been opened unto me. <laughs> Doors are meant to be walked through. When you read Revelations, he says, I am the one who opens a door and no man can close. Why are doors open for us? So that we can walk through. When God puts an opportunity in front of you, our responsibility is to identify it and then to walk through it. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them, where are your opportunities? Where are your opportunities? And if they're ignoring you, look at the other person on the other side, the real Christian on the other side. Ask them, where are your opportunities? Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they are adversaries does not mean it's not an opportunity. In 1 Corinthians 16, 8-9, Paul says, I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. He says, for a great and effective door has opened to me. He says, but there are many adversaries. There is someone in service tonight, this might even be me in some circumstance of my life, who is looking at the very opportunities that God intends to take them to purpose, to destiny, to the next level if you want. And for some reason has no recognition of it at all. No recognition. What is the use of an open door if we are motionless? He says, be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So tonight, one of the things we would pray about will be, Father, if there are things in my life at the moment that are opportunities, let my eyes be open to see them. Let my eyes be open to see them. Jesus, John 1, 11, he says he came to his own, but his own did not recognize. They refused to receive. I do not know whose opportunities have been knocking. For some guy, your opportunity has been smiling at you every Sunday. She's been greeting you, Tolu, Tolu. Hi, hi, hello, how are you? Every Sunday she comes to say, great sermon, what do you think? You think she's interested in your review? <laughs> when they hug you, you can feel the anointing. No, you're looking at Fulabi's opportunity. For some of you, your opportunities in a relationship that you currently have. That there is some counsel. There is wisdom sitting around you. And with all due respect, you're on Twitter. Interacting with people in Indonesia who have no relationship with your destiny. I'm coming. No, just relax, guys. Because like I said, this is for our message today. Scripture says to make the most of every opportunity. So we'll pray. We will pray. We'll pray that we are able to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. That God will cause us to be able to live even outside of our hearts. And it's important for us to constantly listen to our hearts. And the Holy Spirit at times will lead us with something called the inner witness. But scripture would say in 1 John chapter 3, I think verse 20, he says, God is greater than our hearts. That beyond the things that we feel, beyond the things that we have even accepted within our hearts, that God is able to lead us by the Holy Spirit. That we will constantly open our hearts before God. 
that we can hear him when he says go, when he says come, when he says stay. Last week we spoke about taking instructions from God. So we'll pray tonight and say, Father, would you give me instructions for my life? Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things of which you know not about. He says, you do not have because you have not asked. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. We're talking about making the most of your opportunities. The Bible says, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia. It says, but the Spirit did not permit them. And every time I read this, I was like, my goodness, these guys were going to preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit says, you are not going to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ here. Two times. And so passing by Mysia, they came to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. That, that Paul, Paul was a man of motion. And that is something that we must learn to do. But it is with that he was still sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That we will be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will clearly tell you, no, do not go there. Do not take that job. Do not start that project. And that you would get vision saying, come over to Macedonia. Somebody saying, Lord, give me a vision. Let me hear, come over to Washington. Lord, please speak to my heart. We'll pray tonight. At some point, I would like us to pray that in this house we'll be obedient. That we'll step out in acts of faith. How do you make the most of your opportunities? That you will not be afraid of imperfection. That you will not despise the days of little beginning. That you will not be ashamed of your uncompleted building. When they walked past Noah's ark in the early stages of construction, what did you think that they said to Noah? If it was you, what would you say? Of course. You are crazy and your family members need to get a hold of you quickly. You will take a picture, post it on Instagram. Crazy Pentecostal. <laughs> because faith sometimes can look like foolishness. It doesn't mean that all your foolishness is faith. Don't get it wrong. No, no, don't. Because sometimes as Christians, we hide. When they say this thing you are doing is foolish, you say it's faith. No, don't get it wrong. Mm -mm. But that we would move obedient to God. We would pray. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8 or Acts chapter 9, I think, Acts chapter 9, that Peter has an experience with God. Peter is chilling on the rooftop. He has a vision. God sets a whole buffet before him and says, Peter, stand up. Kill and eat. And then Peter begins to argue with God. When you read verse 15, the Bible says, And a voice spoke to him a second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. It says, And this was done three times, and the object was taken into heaven again. God was, a, he was looking for an opening. He was about to show Peter that I'm about to start something new. I don't know who God has been trying to show that I'm about to start something new. There's someone here, you are in the education sector and God is about to start something new. And he has been trying to show you and you've been arguing with him. You've been telling him, no, I have an MBA. How do I start a crash? I have an MBA. <laughs> I don't think you understand. MBA. It's not, it's not local MBA, it's foreign. Abi. I got it from what's that school? It's Birmingham or the other one. God, but God is saying, start a crash. Say, God, you know, <laughs> no, God, I'm an investment, investment banker. <laughs> crash. Tell someone, would you listen to God? Would you listen to God? Would you listen to God? 
that another person would give heed to prophecy. Me, I like God's voice. To be honest with you, I don't like drama. No, no, no. So if you can give me prophecy with, on an, in a non-dramatic manner, I, yeah, we can interact. But if we have to roll on the ground and jump, then it becomes a bit difficult for me to process. But prophecy from God, God's words are powerful. When you read through scripture, God will say something. Hundreds of years, that prophecy is still hanging. Looking for where it will manifest. I believe from the very depths of my heart that there are prophecies hanging around Nigeria. Looking for a generation that believes. That would we make the most of our opportunity. I know we cost, we say all sorts of things about Nigeria, but you do not. And, I, and we've heard things about the strategic place of Nigeria in the plan of God. Go, I mean, and people say it's because there is poverty, but take your eyes off the things you see for a minute. <laughs> and when you realize how much of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is being preached from this place, what has God asked you to do? What has God given you to do? For someone, there is, and we're just going to pray, there is a need for just heightened spiritual awareness. He says to Peter in Acts chapter 9, he says, that which I have, that which I have asked you to interact with, how can you call it common? What am I calling common, Idris? He says, make the most of your opportunity. Someone, you have a friend. You have a friend. But there's a disregard with which you treat that relationship. And this has nothing to do with marriage. <laughs> we're talking in church on Sunday. And I said, for some people, we're so short-sighted that we're only thinking one, one year, two months, three months. If Christ dies, some people, the people that will give your children their first job, you know them already. You're blocking them. <laughs> if your children could talk, they would tell you, Daddy, you are blocking my future job. We're going to pray tonight that we'll be a people who make the most of our opportunities. That we'll hear the Holy Spirit. We'll know what is ours. We'll know what is ours. When I was reading through Abraham's life, it's amazing how the kind of culture they had. It was a very, it was a very strange one. One day, men, strange men. Abraham had never seen them before. Genesis chapter 18. They're walking by his house. Abraham says, Ed, he has not seen them before. They're strangers. He says, would you please stop at my house? And would you have food? Let me, let me call them. Let them wash your feet. And you rest here. And I thought it was strange until I read Genesis chapter 19. And I see Lot do the same thing to men he had never met. And then I remember Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers. It says, for by so doing, some had unwittingly entertained angels. That some people's opportunities walk past them every single day. But because we live in a world that prides itself in my own person, I'm a Lagosian, we are ruled by nature. God had given Abraham a promise. He had not told him the season. That singular encounter that he has with those men, when he has fed them, he's taking care of them. At a particular time, they say, according to the time of life, they reveal a season to him. By Genesis 21, the baby has come. Kindness was a culture for Abraham and his family. So it's not that they planned that they would treat people well. They prepared to treat people well. They prepared to treat people well. I know one of our pastors in Elevation Church, Pastor Gide, pastors are Canada expression. He met his wife under rain. This rain that has been falling in Lagos, you have been complaining. I can't remember which of them had an umbrella. I think it was Bumida had the umbrella. Can I enter your umbrella? Yes, that's marriage. I'm not joking. They are, I'm not joking. But you are a Lagosian. Can, you, can I enter your umbrella? My God. You had the guts. Then you now go and put it on Twitter. 
young man wanted to enter my umbrella. And then they'll be fighting for days. <laughs> Generosity has opened encounters with angels or people. Rebecca, I think, fetches water for camels. She doesn't know it's her future father-in-law's <laughs> flock. Ruth refuses to leave a mourning woman. She says, I will stay with you. And her destiny opens up. Courtesy can create shortcuts to destiny. Make the most of everything. So that God, when I need to be kind, even when it doesn't register as normal, let me be. Some of you would get into a plane, and I don't want to get into the fight, where you see an old man with gray hair. But let's not get into the fight. No, let's leave that matter alone. No, 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 let's leave it alone. But we'll pray tonight. Ecclesiastes 9 says, time and chance happens to them all. God does not send any man out empty. The Bible says he daily, daily loads us with benefits. That when you wake up in the morning, there are opportunities with your name. But because they do not look like Martin's testimony, you're, like, you're looking for exactly how it happened to him. Lastly, we'll pray that God will give us the grace to be diligent. He says, he who is faithful with little. There's a way that it opens you up to more. That you will be willing to try. Scripture says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, whatsoever your hands find to do, it says to do it with all your heart. Our generation wants to turn that on his head and say, we will not do anything until our hearts are fine. But it says no. That whatsoever comes within that you are able to do. It says then put your heart in it. But we tell people, no, the heart what wants the heart what. So you find people who are idle. But they can do stuff with their hands. I've said it before in church. I said, look, the, thing, the first thing that takes David to the palace was not his ability to bring down Goliath. So sometimes when we think of David's story, we just think, man, bold guy. He was just waiting for one day. And that day, they said, I can bring down Goliath. He goes to Saul. No, Saul and David had some history. He used to be able to play a musical instrument. So there's a guy now, all you're doing is playing the keyboard and dancing, nice dance on Instagram. I see you. But you do not realize that that is opening spaces for you in the palace. Somebody now, all you can do is create financial models. It looks small. But would you do it so well that the Bible says, see thou a man that is diligent in the things that he does. He will not stand before men, men that he will stand before kings. Some of you are calling kings. Can I come and see you? The scripture is calling you, will you be diligent in the little that you have? That would you pray over that which your hands have found to do until it becomes what your heart desires to do? That would you refuse to be idle? It says whatsoever your hands find to do, to do it with all your heart. I think there are some opportunities, and I've seen this happen before, and we'll pray. There are some opportunities that God doesn't share with one person. There are some, and, I, and I know this because there are times when God will tell you something. He will tell you, he will tell you, he will tell you, that one day, he's been telling you for years, that one day you will drive past the restaurant God told you to open with the name God told you. Tasty fried chicken. Ah, I saw this in my dream. Some of you, their ideas, 15, they've been floating in your heart for years. He's giving you simple instructions about kindness. He's giving you a job. But there is such murmuring and complaining coming from you that you cannot see what has been hidden there. Can you imagine David showing up in the palace? Because he knows he has been anointed by Samuel. He can still feel the oil on his hair. They said the king is calling. He said the hair. 
my God is alive. He shows up in the palace. He said, this is my anointing service. He tells his brother, sends them a text. I knew they would call me to be king. He shows up and he says, he says, here I am. I'm a future king of Israel. He said, no, that's not what we want. We need a musician. He said, you don't understand. Do you know Samuel? The priest said, yes, he's anointed me. He said, you don't understand. The king is going crazy. We need a musician. They say, you can play. He said, that's not, they told me I'm the king. He says, we need you to play the instrument. As if that's not bad enough, he stays in the palace a while, then he goes home. God. I thought I was even making progress. Now I'm back at home. Then one day, his father, they're going to fight Goliath. Let me go. No. Then one day, his father says, we need somebody to take Akara and bread to the boys. David. <laughs> no, but daddy, this is it. I can't take this anymore. But surely you were there when they anointed me as king. When was the last time you went on an errand? I know you're 25 now. When was the last time someone sent you somewhere? When was the last time you swallowed your pride and did something that was uncomfortable? Someone God has been saying, join ushering. Ushering what? I'm a public figure. I'm, is your many small be verified? Small. God wants to usher you in. You can't serve in church. No. Mm -mm. I'm too big for that. I have a degree from Harvard. The real Harvard. Harvard. That's what the person I, I don't have. I have a degree from Harvard Business School. <laughs> hey. He says, Peter, would you rise? Would you kill and eat? Would you do something that you thought was beneath you? He said, oh, no, God. <laughs> God. He said, God, I have never eaten anything common or unclean. He said, there's nobody in my, in my lineage that does things like this. But we'll take openings in space and time serious. Not all opportunities are yours. But are the ones that are mine, Father, that I would make the most of it. That I would run my race in such a way that when I stand before God, I will say, God, you know I did everything I could do. And you know I tried. You know I tried. Ah, you know I tried. And God will say, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. That nothing missing, nothing broken. That I will not I would not sit down and wait. In fact, I was reading, um, I was reading the Galatians 5, I think it was. It is, there was one translation of the fruit of the Spirit called patience that says it's not about what, it's not about just the ability to wait. It's about what you do when you are waiting. That will pray, Father, let my opportunities not be hidden from me. Let my opportunities not be hidden from me. That I will not call on clean that which you want to use to change the cause of a whole generation. That my opportunities, when they come, the Bible says Jesus came to his own. It says, but they did not receive him. That I would receive my opportunities. Jesus speaks about a people, I think we can pray now. Um, I think we can pray now. He speaks about a people. He says, their eyes are blind, lest they would see. Their ears are deaf, lest they would hear. He says, there is something about how they are configured on the inside. He says, how can the God who created the whole earth, how can he show up? He wasn't in secret. He was, he was doing all sorts, yet there was, they, they, they killed him. That Lord, I will not kill my opportunity. They spat on it. They spat on him. They said, how can they? They did, oh. Would you pray over your life? Pray over your space. Pray over your space. Pray over your life. Your life is a holy thing. Pray over your life. Everybody. And I beg that maybe for the next three minutes before you get involved in serving or doing things or looking over the service, would you just pray over your life? The Bible says time and chance happen to them all. 
Will you, would you even start by repenting from murmuring and complaining? I refuse for that to be the habit of my life. I refuse for murmuring to proceed from me. I declare that I'm a man of thanksgiving, a man of gratitude. Lord, my testimony is not that the land devours its inhabitants. My testimony is that we are able to go up at once. I am a possibility thinker. I see good things. I am able to look at chaos and see beauty because I know you. The Baranda Magadoshi Aramanda Magadabarihezikarabada. Ele Marabragada Shenta Lagada. I am not an ordinary Nigerian. I am a child of God who is living in Nigeria. The Bible says when men shall say that there is a casting down, we shall declare that there is a lifting up. Openings in space and in time. Would you pray tonight? Lord, open my eyes to my opportunities. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, open my eyes to my opportunities. Let me not look at Falabi's opportunities. Let me not look at Busola's opportunities. And Lord, miss my own. The Bible says time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to them all. That when my cycles of opportunity come, let me be ready. Let me be ready. Let me be receptive. Ah, I will not miss Jesus. It meant that even Jesus' neighbor could at one point they said, Is it not our I don't his brothers live among us? Uh -uh. What are you talking about? Maranda Makada. Let me not call common that which God has encased destiny in. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my ears. Someone else wants to pray. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Amanda Ragada. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you into all truth. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Paul wanted to go and pray in a place. The Holy Spirit said, That is not your assignment. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. Let me not run another man's race. You are the one who opens the door and no man can shut it. You are the one who closes the door and no man can open it. Let me not live in frustration trying to open doors that you have shut. And Lord, let me not live in idleness, standing, Lord God, where you have opened a door. Someone else needs to say, Lord, show me how to be unusually kind. Show me how to be unusually kind. I declare I walk into God in these incidences. I walk into orchestrated angelic administrations in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, show me how to act like a Christian in the name of the Lord Jesus. I will not miss my opportunity. I will make the most of my opportunities. Someone needs to just pray in the spirit over the relationships in your life, people in your life. That you will not value the wrong one. That you will not you will not mistreat, you will not dishonor someone who is carrying a very useful door in the name of the Lord Jesus. Esau in hunger says, What use? Is my inheritance to me? Manda Ragada, someone needs to pray. Manta Makala, I will not react out of hunger. I will not react out of pain. I will not react out of bitterness. I will not miss my own inheritance. The Bible says he sought it with weeping. Manda Rakamanda Magadosh. Malaba Ragada Marebada Kabondo Makara. Ele Bondo Rogodosh. 
I will not chase that which glitters. I will not chase that which the crowd is chasing. Lord, my ears are attentive to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are my shepherd, my leader. Ah, Mahayamanda Hakala. In the negative Oshiparagada. Someone else needs to pray, Lord, show me how to be diligent. Show me how to be faithful even in little things. Lord, where I am now, show me how to be faithful. Show me how to be excellent. The Bible says an excellent spirit was found in him. Lord, let an excellent spirit be found in me. Teach me. Show me the knowledge of witty inventions. Lord, let me stand out in the crowd. Not by underhanded dealings. Not by schemings. Not by cunning ways. But Lord, by, by, by excellence. By favor. Excellence is a lifter. Excellence is a lifter. Diligence is a lifter. Lord, show me how not to despise my days of little beginning. Show me how not to despise my days of little beginning. Show me how not to despise my days of little beginning. Someone needs to pray. There are opportunities all around you. There are opportunities all around you. It is not far. It is not far. Someone's scholarship is not far. Someone, your spouse is not far. Someone, your next job is not far. The patriarch wakes up. He says, my goodness, God was here and I did not know it. He says, whatsoever your hands find to do, he says, do it with all your heart. Someone needs to say, Lord, that which my hands have found to do, teach me how to put my heart within it. I want to live fully. I do not want to admire another man's race. I do not want to pretend for people, my father. You are the one who created and called me. Come on, church. Your, your life matters. Your life matters. He says, your life matters. He says, don't mind them. They did not create you. Holy Spirit, flood our hearts with instructions. Fill us with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and through spiritual understanding. Give me an understanding of times and seasons. The psalmist says, my times are in your hands, Holy Father. Yeah, that person who God is saying start something in education. That person who God is saying start a crash. That person who God is saying, hey, man, deliver. You are in the right place. Let me see a vision. Let me hear the people of my Macedonia shouting, come over. Come over, come over, come over. Come over. Let me hear my Macedonian call. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Someone needs to pray about appointments. 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 Openings in time and space. Openings in time and space. Open in the time and space. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.